What is going on, party people, and welcome to episode 28 of the Whatnots Review Show, where each week we pick a brand new story to talk about. Could be a comic, could be a movie, could be an anime, could be something else. We read it, we watch it, we do what we have to do. We come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm good, Kyle. How have you been this week? It's good. This week has been good. A little bit long. I've been working a little bit longer at work to make up some hours uh, that I missed last month, and then also to kind of preemptively make up hours for winter break, which I don't get paid oh, for. Nice. Mm-hmm. But I can work extra, like before or after, to compensate. Okay. So that's nice. I've been a, a lot of work, which is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been working a lot, which is just normal, normal for me now. I am training a new person at work, and we clicked immediately, which was fantastic. That's good. It was like going to work at a slumber party every day. We became really fast friends, <laughs> and um, I do. I work on academic journals for the audience members. That's what I do, and I've, it's journal. a variety of yeah, <laughs> a variety of journals. Uh, And I've got a couple, like, film and television, like, media critique journals in there, which are my favorite ones. And I was showing her how to do these checks on all these new manuscripts. And we were looking at one of the TV journals. And I'm like, oh, this mentions Lost. That's awesome. Like, that was my favorite show. And nobody really talks about it anymore. And she's like, Lost. I love Lost. (laughs) And I'm like, this is it. Like, this is why we like each other so much. We didn't even know it. Like, which is kind of what you and I did. (laughs) Exactly. Lost fans always find other Lost fans, and we may not know until ages later that oh, that's why we found each other. Bro, it's like I thought I was the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's this secret calling, like this red string of destiny that's like you guys all like the lost finale and you're all going to be friends (laughs) (laughs) sounds good uh let's see this is episode 28 i noticed actually last week on the thing you said it was episode 26 but it was not it was episode 27 so this is episode 28 oh no that is a-okay i was like oh wait did did she yep okay Moving on. Who cares? <laughs> I, will, I will double check with you next time in case I hit my... I, I, I just miskey something well, I, I, in my I, notes. Didn't we try and start it twice? Didn't we have some, some little hiccup? <laughs> Maybe we did. And then it like on that second one, I, I, I think I like I never knew, noticed it. Uh, oh. But I, I apparently on the one that we kept... Uh, you were like, this is episode 26. And I was just like, mm-hmm, I didn't notice. Aww. Anyways, uh, we are here this week to talk about Venom. Mm-hmm. Not yes. the movie, uh, which is out um, right now. I have not gone to go see it. I was going to. I still could today if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone else here at the Whatnots is because I was hoping to do a uh, reactor core a- 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 episode, mm-hmm. um, knowing that it was going to be bad. <laughs> 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 Just like we we should do a movie that is going to be a lot of fun and yet really bad. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's fun. Uh, one of my friends, like he, 
just randomly texted me like just before I was about to sit down and start reading this whole graphic novel. And he said, it's a buddy comedy. I'm like, what do you mean it's a buddy so comedy? Weird. I did. I wasn't aware Venom had friends or could laugh. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> uh, but we are here actually to talk about some camics. Some mm-hmm. Venom camics. Um, <laughs> Venom, uh, he kind of first appeared in the, well, if you want to get technical, Spider-Man had the suit first. He didn't know it was an alien. That all happened mm-hmm. in Secret Wars. Uh, okay. But once Venom kindly kind of made the, the scene, it was around, it, it, I don't think it was exact. I think he was in, in issue before, but it was around issue 300 when we finally find out like who he is and mm-hmm. what what is happening of Amazing Spider-Man. Um but he became super popular, and within a couple yeah 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 within a couple years, they gave him his own title, and this was that first mini series, Venom mm-hmm. Lethal Protector, which is what we are talking about this week. Uh, I I haven't I, I I'm a big Spider-Man fan. That's my favorite comic book character. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't read everything. I that's still a ways away. One day. I will catch up and read all of the stuff, <laughs> um, but I I haven't really read much Venom stuff. So I I mean mm-hmm. it was always like yeah I know who he is just from being a big Spider Man fan, but I had never really read something that was Venom centric or like a Spider Man Venom storyline. <laughs> uh, so this was my first kind of rodeo with the the Venom. Uh, I, I actually did a little bit more homework. Uh, Comixology Unlimited has a uh, it's a collection called Spider-Man: The Birth of Venom, and it oh. c- collects all of the like, I guess not all of them, but it c- c- it collects a lot of the important first is- issues to kind of tell his story and what ha- happened. Uh, so I read that. Um, which is, I want to say, like 300-something pages of stuff, and then I read this. Um, but yeah, I, I'm assuming this was also your first foray into Venom stuff. Yeah, I have seen Spider-Man 3. I'm sorry? No, I had a great time! <laughs> you should know me, Kyle. I've never come away from a movie like... Waste of time. Oh, I, no. I, I have, and that was one of them. That that was the one when, like, bright-eyed little young oh. me just came off of Spider-Man 2. <laughs> was just like, wow, Spider-Man th- and Venom? Hell yeah! It's gonna be great! And then I'm just sitting in the theater mortified, like, what? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Movies can be bad! <laughs> so, oh well. You live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> so this this was kind of your first time. You mentioned the movie, but uh... yeah, this is my first time sitting down and reading Mister Venom. Okay, I think he's an interesting concept. I like I like that it's like a space goo and a normal human man came together and they fused into this new creature, this new persona. That is really cooperative between the both of them. I liked yeah. that like insular 
like inside one body relationship. Venom they had is a symbiote, and yes. that comes obviously from the name or from the word symbiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yay, science. <laughs> The more you know. Goo for the lay people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a symbiotic relationship, which means they both are captains of the ship. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I I had a good time. Uh, I, I think that this book was a lot of fun. Uh, mm. It is very much of the times. <laughs> yeah. It is very early <laughs> 90s. Um. So yeah, let's let's start going into our general thoughts and synopsis for anyone that has not mm-hmm. read uh, read this or, or or wants to know what it is before they pick it up. Uh, what 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 were you thinking? What were you expecting? I was expecting something darker and angstier and more dramatic. I was too. (laughs) (laughs) And this is just almost a romp. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good word. (laughs) Yeah. It, uh, I, I did not know what to expect. My, one of my good friends has issue one, I think signed. Um, Mm. And he, I, I, I'm sure he has it in some case or something. Um, but I I had always seen it, and I just yeah, just by the look, just how Venom looks as a character with all of these yes. teeth and the big long tongue and it dripping off of him, like you, mm-hmm. like you just expect this kind of creepier, almost horror vibe. It's this monster. It's gonna eat people. It's gonna be bloody. It's gonna be gory, and this is very much like a '90s. Like yeah, like like you said, just romp. It it's 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 an action film in in comic book form mm-hmm. with with like it it's he's at least in this book he's almost like a Schwarzenegger type character. <laughs> yeah, like like one of those like extra muscly macho beefy action heroes. Um, that wants to do the right thing, but he's also this like monster. <laughs> it just it's mm-hmm. not, this is not going right. Don't eat that person. Come on, dude. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, but yeah. So so now that you've read it, let's let's do this synopsis. Um, Venom kind of came about. He's been on the scene for a while now. Him and Spider Man don't really like each other. They fought one another. But Venom isn't really a bad guy. He just hates mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah. He, he, he does want to help people. Um, but he also has no qualms kind of killing people that are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, they're bad. They deserve this, you know. Um, and so after he's been on the scene for a while, he kind of moves out west. He moves to San Francisco to kind of, I'm going to build my own life away from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He gets there, and he's basically recognized right away. He's apparently, like, most wanted in the entire country. (laughs) So him thinking he can just move to San Francisco and, like, live a happy life, that I don't know what you were thinking, but that's what he does. Uh, And so, yeah, then he kind of realizes he's homeless. 
I just, I just put like the time and the location together. Venom is running around San Francisco in 1993. These events happen concurrently to the events of Full House. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I kind of want that now. I kind of want to see venom in a full house style sitcom with all the other symbiotes oh my god he's just like the new kimmy gibbler he just keeps showing up and barging into your house amazing this is ridiculous Um, (laughs) yeah so he 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 shows up in san francisco nothing goes right he ends up kind of being homeless and Mm -hmm. he stumbles across uh this like group of homeless people who are living in these the, this underground I, I would say cave but it is a part of san francisco that sunk mm-hmm. in an earthquake uh and they are kind of hesitant to take him in they end up voting him out uh but in the meantime venom kind of discovers a plot that is going to threaten their lives and so he mm-hmm. wants to do the right thing and kind of help him out he does have a little bit ulterior motives, but not bad ones. Uh, no. It, but yeah, so he, he wants to help him out. And then action ensues. Spider-Man <laughs> finds out oh, he that he's it. wreaking havoc in San Francisco. So he's like, oh, what now? I'm going to go chase him down. And he <laughs> flies out to San Francisco and helps out. And uh, yeah, action, explosions, malls. <laughs> 90s yeah (laughs) more venoms they there's this uh it's called like the life foundation or something it's this organization that wants to build like these bunkers basically for rich people if there's some sort of an apocalypse and they want to provide those people with guards incredibly like adept guards and they're like how about we take these guards we already have that are pretty good humans, but we put the symbiote stuff on them, and then those are the guards you're going to pay money for. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> <Those> super are... <laughs> 90s. <laughs> yep, so Spider-Man has to fight five Venoms. Basically, I I don't think they name them in this mm-hmm. series, but I know they do have names. I think one oh. is... I, 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 I th- I think they started to like infer the names from stuff they said in this book. I think the one that was that they shot with the beam and it started to decay. I think his name actually is Decay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I could be wrong. I'm kind of speaking out of my ass on that. But I know they are named. I just don't know what they are. Kyle, we don't have to talk about this now. But can you explain to me who Carnage is? Yes. So you okay. Uh, actually, I'm going to save that for spoiler territory. Oh, Even though okay. it's not in, okay. it's, it, it's not, Carnage <laughs> is not really in this story at all. He's mentioned, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll get into spoiler stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's you... things I don't want to reference for people who don't want spoilers. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, anything else to add to like synopsis, general thoughts? Mm. Ah, there's a lot of Spider-Man in it. Like, I imagined he might have made a cameo, but nope, it's like a third a Spider-Man story. Yeah. So if you are a Spider-Man fan, and you don't usually go out for, like, villain side stories, there may really be something here for you. You spend lots of times with old Pete. Yeah. I, I think this is also a good 
good story for understanding the character. Um, it, it, it's yeah. a good first Venom comic book because it sums up his o- o- origin. Doesn't go mm-hmm. super into details, but it gives you what you need to know. Uh, the, the 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 short version, uh, and then yeah, it's kind of Venom's first adventure on his own, uh, or at least that we see mainly from his perspective. Um, and it's it's good, it's fun, and I think it helps to it helps people to understand that he's not just a bad guy. I think there's a lot yeah. of people out there who's like, oh, he's a Spider-Man villain. He's a villain. He's evil. He's a bad guy. It's like, well, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I, mean, I mean, yes, sometimes he will murder people and stuff like that, uh, and that kind of comes back to bite him in this story. Mm-hmm. But it's really that he just hates Spider-Man. <laughs> he's just, he like, seems to it. be like... If he's like the super villain equivalent of the civilian threat of J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> kind of. Like, a pretty good guy just does not like Spider-Man, and that's really it about him. Yeah. Long long story sh- short, uh, Eddie Brock, who is the guy that is uh, Venom, he was also a reporter, and he was writing this big long story on a serial killer. And he Mm -hmm. had a source that he thought was the serial killer, and the guy was confessing to all of the stuff. So he he does this big, long expose on this serial killer, and um, one of his articles finally outs him. This is the guy. Go arrest him. (laughs) And so they arrest him. It goes out on the press all the newspapers go out and i i think in in the spider-man the birth of venom book that i read it said within an hour and a half spider-man caught the real guy and so then it was all over over the the the, the news so he ruined his life spider-man without even knowing just screwed up this guy's career and his life he was never gonna be a reporter again because now he was lying on he's making up the story you know so, bad times for Venom. That's he just mm. he just hates Spider Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go 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 check it out. I don't know how much this is going to tie into the movie at all. I don't know. I I could see them kind of tying in certain things, um, but I I I do not know. I have not seen the movie or where it goes. That being said. Let's start getting into spoiler territory in just yes. a sec here. Uh, ah. Let's do housekeeping first. Okay, that, get out that, our That rooms. will give you guys a chance to pause this, go read said Venom Lethal Protector comic book, and come back. Actually, you know what? Let me let me pull it up here on my phone. I want to actually. We need to get better about this because mm-hmm. we stopped doing it. Uh, a long time ago and we need to start again um we need to start mentioning the creators of each of the things oh yes um so let's see yeah the writer is uh dave michelin i believe is how you pronounce it uh the penciler is mark bagley letterer is richard starkings with inker is sam de la rosa and the colorists uh are marie javins 
There you go. It's mm-hmm. only six ish ish issues long, and it reads pretty quickly. Venom Lethal yeah. Protector from 1993. Go check it out. There we go. Now back to Twitch on my phone, so I can make mm-hmm. sure we are doing everything right. Oh, whoops, I hate. I, so the Twitch app always pauses whenever you leave the thing, and you have to like oh. restart the Ugh. app to get it to go back to live, kind of. Um, okay, so, housekeeping. Um, same stuff we've always been saying the p- p- past couple weeks here. Go follow us on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. We could really use your help on both of those platforms. You can find us on YouTube just by searching the Whatnots Podcast. Uh, and you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Whatnots. Uh, you could be watching this live right now. Uh, yeah. You could be joining in the conversation, letting us know what you think of everything we watch week in and week out. We would love to have you guys be a part of the show. Um, You can also find us uh, on our website at thewhatnots.com, and you can catch all of our live streams on our website as well, thewhatnots.com slash live streams. It's basically just our Twitch page embedded into that. So go do that. Follow us there and iTunes reviews iTunes reviews are super helpful, and we really need some new ones because we don't have any since we started using these new RSS feeds. So we need some help. Please. Mm -hmm. There we go. Housekeeping is done, short and sweet. Let's move on. Spoilers. Yes. Yes. So you had a question about Carnage. (laughs) Because it came up, and, like, everything that was happening in this comic book, like, I recognized it was at least vaguely familiar and somebody mentions Carnage, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Carnage. And then I stop, and I'm like, I I know that name. I don't know who or what Carnage is. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, I wanted to move this into the spoiler territory because okay. I didn't want to mention the, se- the seeds. I know we mentioned that there are multiple quote-unquote venoms, as you put them. Mm. There are uh, other symbiotes. Um, but they are seeds of venom. They're his offspring, basically. Um, I guess the symbiotes, and I know they have a name too. Like they're actual, like alien, like they're the race of those a- a- aliens. They have a name. It's something with a K, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I'm uh, apparently in this book, they are like asexual and reproduced by themselves. Apparently. Um, but so in in this book, while they while I, I guess it's the Life Foundation that has Venom captured, or mm-hmm. whoever the the dude is that has Venom captured, they extract his seeds. Uh, they extract five of them, which apparently Venom only had six from what this book said. They said these were the last five. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so they they use those seeds to make other symbiotes. Mm-hmm. Carnage was the first offspring of Venom that popped out. Okay. Uh, the first baby Venom. Um, except, so if, if Spider-Man is good and Venom is kind of in between, Carnage mm-hmm. is the one that is just pure evil. Okay. Um, he's, this symbiote uh, went and attached to a host that was a serial killer. So, is this the same serial killer we were talking about earlier or a different no. one? No. Uh, his name is Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> okay. Yep, Cletus. What a great name. 
Nobody named that lives in New York City. <laughs> I mean, he might not be from New York City and just went there to go murder the city folk. You never know. Uh, but, yeah. but but yeah, so he, like, if if Venom is like, I just really hate Spider-Man and I'm a villain in that sense, but besides that, I kind of want to help people and save them. Carnage is the one, like, I'm just going to fucking murder ev- everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's 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 some, some big famous Spider-Man storylines with Carnage and Venom and Spider-Man all fighting and stuff like that, so... There you go. Hope. Thank you for this helpful background information. Yes. <laughs> I could have looked it up, but I'm like, no, it's more fun if you just ask Kyle. It, it's it's relevant information for the, the show, too, kind of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, where do you want to start with spoilers? Do we, do we want to go into the, the, the plot to destroy the homeless people? Yeah. Oh, I just Googled pictures of Carnage to make sure I was He's picturing red, the yeah. right guy. He, he is red. More <laughs> goopy. He looks like um, Emperor Zed from Power Rangers. If you took like the silver exoskeleton off, <laughs> there you like, go. He's, yeah, he's he's just gross, weird muscles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Be, 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 basically. Yes, but no, I did. That was my favorite subplot in this book. Was the they call them street people, which I guess is fair because they do technically have homes. They yeah. just and that that they, was bananas. Like when it's they, they <laughs> have like council and everything. They had they, they have the better working government than we do. <laughs> they're fighting in the tunnels. They're down in like these sewers and these big like part mole people, part like aliens, the movie aliens robots, like these exosuits come out and they're fighting and then they like fall through a hole. And then it says, we fell back in time? And I'm like, this is a completely different comic than I thought it was going to be. Like, if Venom no just fell back travel. like a century. Yeah, which is what they <laughs> thought, but is not the case. Because I was sitting there, I was yeah. like, I didn't know this book had time travel. Yeah. And then I was like, I, why did no one tell me this? <laughs> no, they have fallen through to a part of 1906 san francisco that after the earthquake was just built over which i don't know if that's real well, it, but it, yeah it's uh, supposedly that portion of this heady sunk in like a big sinkhole thing mm-hmm. um but it was a huge one and it was destroyed enough that they didn't want to try and kind of like lift it back up and stuff, you know, and fix it. So the city just kind of built over it. But in a, it's 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 strange to me how stuff like that happens because it's not like they filled it in with anything. Yeah. They literally just like built a roof on top of it and then started to build on top of that. So I. I don't know how that works exactly, but yes, there is this, like, underground portion of San Francisco that basically everyone had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, and these homeless people kind of stumbled upon it and made that their home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you're right. They, they're not exactly homeless in this, um, but it they, they have, like, a whole town. Yeah. And I liked that... They are not from 1906. No. They, I mean, who knows how long ago this was founded. Maybe there were people who found this 
you know, in the mid 20th century and the people that we see living there were, they were born in the darkness. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I thought it was really funny that even though this is not 1906, they kind of act like it's 1906 because they all have names like Elizabeth and Timothy and Nathaniel. <laughs> I, well, I, I feel like those are pretty common names, at I don't least know. for us I white just, people. I thought it was funny that, like, such a thing as a nickname does not exist down here. Like, it felt weirdly also oh, old-fashioned, well, yeah, even like though it the, was not actually from the past. The, the, the fact that they used the whole name and not, like, yeah. t- Tim or Liz, which is a lot more no. 90s. No. Like, Lizzie. Um, yeah, that I, I, I guess I, I didn't really pay attention to that, but I guess they did. That's strange. Yeah, um, I kept waiting for them to run into, like, a Jedediah or... A Hortense. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I didn't get the vibe that they were, like, old-fashioned or, like, uh, Amish people. No. Um, but, yeah, that is a strange quirk. They do have their own mm-hmm. kind of form of government. Yes. Um, which is kind of like a democratic council. Uh, just the leaders of the tribe kind of voting on what they want. Um, and yet it seems like it's the most powerful people in there too. So that is also strange to to me. You would think the, like the people who used to be homeless or poor that didn't have anywhere else to go, wouldn't rely on the decisions of the most powerful or like (laughs) the most rich or the most important in in Mm -hmm. this. Cause they have the, the guy he didn't have like the weird, like side Burned. Like he actually looked like some biz- like business magnet from the <laughs> the twenties. Um, like he he looked like he he was like a like a coal business man. Yeah, see that was also part of it. Like, why why does this feel this just has past aesthetics still it's attached strange. to it? Despite all that, they can kind of go to and from and live in the nineties. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, they do, go. They can Outside, go to the mall. They can play Bop It. They can play <laughs> Simon or whatever that. They can eat Dunkaroos. Game was. They can eat Dunkaroos. I things. miss Dunkaroos, man. <gasps> I want them. <sighs> Anyways. Um, yeah, and then they, then they had uh, a like a religious preacher guy who looked like he was some kind of war vet. He had an eye patch and he was yeah. – he seemed like – he he seemed like he was going to be the bad guy at at first, or like mm-hmm. the one in the long run. Like this is gonna be the bad guy you have to take down because he's corrupt or something. Um, but why was this? The, this you mentioned this was kind of your favorite B plot. What what spoke to you about this besides the wacky, <laughs> out of time, anachronism yeah, thing? It is just so weird. Like, I've never seen anything else like this in a contemporary story. And I like that it was... I I like the very practical thing of Eddie Brock moves across the country and he just can't find a place to live. Like, not even Venom, but just Eddie Brock is having troubles. And these people take him in. And he decides, you know, almost like, you know, those seven dwarves taking Snow White and she's like, okay, I'm gonna take care of all your chores for you in repayment for this tremendous service you were offering for me. He's like, okay, I am here to protect you because you took me in when nobody else 
would. Yeah. And I like that he's taking on this very specific responsibility beyond just like, I want to be a better person. I want to help people. He's like, these people help me. I'm paying them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seemed like a very kind of noble, purposeful, sweet thing for Venom to be out there doing. <laughs> yeah, and again, just the image of like this weird black gooey space monster with 90 teeth and this underground 1906 <laughs> San Francisco yeah. <laughs> city. Just like this weird creature is this weird environment's weird protector. Like, I almost wish the comic was, like, just that. Just, like, Venom trying to keep people from, like, I, sneaking into this I kind of thought that's what it was settlement. going to be. But, again, yeah. it just, this is a 90s-era comic book where they're still packing in a lot of stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the story kind of moves on from them. We kind of forget about them most of the – like, the, yeah. the actual story is not really about them. And even at the end end is not like it's just like okay well you saved us thanks you can live here now Mm -hmm. it's like okay that was that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah so like there's these out of time people the street people I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the right thing to, what, what they are. <laughs> yeah, the comics and street people, and I'm like, ah, I, I guess that's fair. I guess, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're living down there, and mm-hmm. there's the leader of the Life Foundation, mm-hmm. which for some reason doesn't like them and seems to be hunting them down and it's doesn't because... know exactly where they are. Yeah, and he's yeah. searching for them. But the reason behind that, you yes. you, you want to tackle <laughs> that? You you look like you're ch- chomping at the, at the bit there. Yeah, there's gold in them there, 1906 Duncan San Francisco City Hills. Yes. And so there was this plot where back in 1906, there was this anti-America, like, anarchist group that ha- got a bunch of gold to fund themselves and then the earthquake hit and all the gold sunk and this was just a tiny group just starting to rise up so like nobody knew they were a real threat and nobody knew there were these people that had Wild. all this gold except this guy goes and finds out about it in like historical records and i think it says something like using history and science he targeted where the gold would be today amazing <laughs> It's wild, like an early nineteen hundreds anarchist group buys a whole bunch of gold or is given a whole bunch of gold to fund mm-hmm. their activities to bring down San Francisco, and <laughs> that that's in it's in an odd way is very nineties in and of itself. Like mm-hmm. let's br- bring down the whole city. um and i just what i didn't expect any of this in 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 this book like i i i i i think what i was expecting out of this book was venom moves to san francisco and he tries to do the superhero thing yes and it's your typical superhero stories him chasing down muggers bank robbers stuff like that but him kind of killing them and then the people people kind of reacting based off of that 
Yeah. Like, oh, he's a menace. He's not a menace. He's just like mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Um, and them being like, well, no, he's actually killing these bad guys and crime has gone down and he's not really hurting people if you're not doing crime. So maybe he's good. You know, that that like the mm-hmm. whole name is Lethal Protector, right? Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to focus more on that. Um, and I, I mean, I guess that is what he's doing his kind of ulterior motive is hey i'm going to protect these street people Mm -hmm. living underneath the town so that they will accept me and like accept me as their protector Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't really the typical like i guess stereotypical superhero thing because um, the Life Foundation guy wants to find this gold so much so that he's willing to, uh, like he bought the land that he thinks the gold is buried in, mm-hmm. and he's planning on some big renovation, and he is willing to, it 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 happens to be right with, like above all of these street people, so he's still willing to destroy it, knowing full well that they're somewhere down there. He doesn't know exactly where, but if he blows this thing up, which is what he plans on doing, he's basically going to kill them all. And he's like, but I'll get a lot of gold for it. Mm -hmm. From these past anarchists (laughs) who want to destroy San Francisco. I wish that these, like, 1906 uh, living people had like, the street people we see today had, like, found all that gold and, like, just used it for stuff. Like, it was yeah. almost like this it's road to El Dorado like, thing. doorknobs and their lampposts. Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> I wish it was, you know, like, where the streets are paved with gold. Like, literally. Like, they're just, there's so much gold that they just use it in everyday mundane ways. Yeah. That was the one thing this story needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it... So that is kind of the crux of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Big rich dude wants to be richer. Poor people have are unsuspecting that they're about mm-hmm. to get blown up, and Venom is going, "Gosh, darn it! I should do something." Uh, and then Spider Man <laughs> shows up. I do want to take a second. It is almost just like, "Gosh, darn it!" Because there are parts where Venom is so upbeat. Like, this comic is weirdly, like, it's so exuberant and, like, cheerful and happy in some regards, which is, I like it, ultimately, but it's really not what I was expecting. I was really expecting a lot more of Venom struggling with being Venom, of having that, like, living dichotomy of I am alien and I am man and now we are fused together and... No, Venom is already perfectly happy being Venom. Like, they already yeah. have the whole relationship worked out, which is kind of sweet to see, actually. Yeah. To, like, see Venom being happy being Venom. He's kind of already of worked that stuff out in <laughs> yeah. in past Spider-Man comics. Yeah, um, so I am glad they didn't... Even though that's what I was expecting, I don't think that's what I actually wanted sure. to see Venom freaking out about being Venom. I'm glad that it was already settled and they decided not to do it again. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I can guess long story. I don't know why I'm doing like a spoilery synopsis of this stuff. We <laughs> normally don't do it that that way. But yeah, mm-hmm. Venom ends up being captured 
by the Life Foundation, kind of. He's tricked into coming with them, mm-hmm. and he's captured. Uh, that's when they extract the other uh, Venom symbiotes from him and create the five other kind of Venom-like super soldiers. Um, and, yeah, Spider-Man is there. Spider-Man helps out. I I was glad Spider- like. I as I was reading it, knowing it's only six issues long, mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed how much Spider-Man was there. Yeah, but at me the too. same time, I'm like, he wasn't overbearing. I thought. Yeah, there, it was still just, Venom's story. Yeah, it's still ultimately Venom's story, and I'm happy that it was that. That was my main concern as mm-hmm. I was reading it. I was like, is this just gonna turn into like fifty-fifty? like venom spider-man story um and it i i still would have i think preferred less spider-man in in this book yeah i liked that he showed up i think he needed that cameo what did you think was the ratio of spider-man good was it bad was it too much what do you think they could have done differently I would have liked there to be a little bit too much Spider-Man. And you're right, he is not overbearing. It doesn't feel like the story is weirdly paced or anything like that, or weirdly structured. But considering that this is Venom's, like, first solo title, I would have expected there to be more solo Venom and not, oh, he's still fighting Spider-Man, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't want them to use Spider-Man as a crutch, and every now yeah. and again it starts to feel like that, but then it, mm-hmm. it, sh- it shifts back, so it's like, okay, you're trying to get away from it, but you know that people still want it, you know, because uh, I'm sure at, at, the, at this being the first Venom story, it's like, but look, it has Spider-Man in it too, Spider-Man mm-hmm. is super popular, go buy this book. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I... I just I didn't want Spider-Man in there as much as I did. I, I think it takes away from the time spent with Venom and kind of figuring out more about this character. Um, yeah. Every time it switched to Spider-Man's perspective, I was like, I don't want this. Just tell me this story. Tell me all these <laughs> details from Venom's perspective. Like mm-hmm. I did the, the whole f- there's a big fight scene with Spider-Man and that first uh like female uh symbiote at the mall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't want that whole fight scene at, yeah. <laughs> at all. Don't show me that. Like I as as much as I love Spider-Man, this is not his book. Like I no. have it be from Venom's perspective where Spider-Man shows up and it's just like, so I, I just beat, you know, this person. Uh, now let's go beat these other people, you know? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Let's go. First off, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, we're going to the mall. We're going to the mall in 1993. And it's a couple of like, you know, beige shapes in the background, just, like, incredibly vague storefronts, and I was so disappointed I didn't get, like, 
the big sweeping atriums with the giant skylights and palm trees and a fountain and a reference to like Jay and Silent Bob in the background <laughs> or something. Nobody you know. goes to a Sam Goody. <laughs> what am I even here for? <laughs> exactly. And the book, um, you know, when it's with Spider-Man, it will also, it talks about Mary Jane. Like, he calls back to Mary Jane sometimes, which is good. Like, I'm glad to see, after a lot of my exposure to Spider-Man has been the relationship drama Spider-Man, where he's like, I like Mary Jane, but how do I tell her? Like, this is probably one of the few things I've ever read or watched or encountered where him and Mary Jane are already a set, stable couple. So I like seeing a little bit of that, but... I don't know if I would like, say stable why, at this Stable enough. History. I mean... Sure. <laughs> They've been having a lot stable. of problems. Actually, in, in that Spider-Man Birth of Venom stuff, it's... The, um, they they have a number of collection of issues, and then there's a couple pages that are like, uh, it's just text of like, well, here's what happened in this time and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and here's a panel to explain, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, it's um, they finally get engaged, they get married. She reveals she's always kind of known that he was Spider Man, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then they they have to move up move apartments uh because when venom first shows up he he shows up to scare mary jane uh and spider-man's were like well now he knows where i live so we should move uh and then they do and they get this really really nice apartment and they're there for i think like less than a year and again they have to move uh and so like they they have a rough marriage and it is very tough um (laughs) And yeah, but they look here more stable than they are in Spider-Man three, which again, as previously stated, is really what I have to compare this to. <laughs> but anyhow, I'm like, I like Mary Jane. I like seeing Spider-Man and Mary Jane together. But like, why are we spending time on this when I have no idea if like Eddie Brock has ever had a girlfriend? Like, shouldn't we talk about that first? Yeah, I, I, there, I think there is a brief mention at the start of the book why they're not killing each other that mentions his ex-wife mm, that's right spider-man yes. saved her and he was like all right well thanks maybe i won't kill you you know yeah but like more about that like are you still in touch with her does she know your venom are you gonna try and start her are you gonna date now that you've moved to the other end of the country so, what about this nice street woman do you want to date her like can we talk about this first before we talk about like what Spider-Man's relationship is, how do you feel about stories that that focus on a more villainous character? There's been a lot of uh, discussion about like superhero movies that are, ex- especially in the Spider-Man universe, that they're like, oh, we're gonna make a Sinister Six movie, we're gonna make a Venom movie, which they did and is out now, and we still have not seen. Uh, mm-hmm. There was stuff like, oh, we're we're gonna make a Black Cat movie scratch that it's gonna be black cat and silver sable in the same movie and it's just like what why like these are these are villains like there's Mm -hmm. a reason they're not they they don't have their like (laughs) as as much as i think people like venom as a character his own Mm -hmm. comic book has never really been able to stand the test of time and last long 
um, like he, I, 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 I don't know off the top of my head what the longest ongoing Venom series is, but it's, it's not been much. Um, and it, it's, it's, it, that, that happens with multiple characters and it's, it's, it's usually stuff like this where they're anti-heroes or they're villains or stuff like, so what are your thoughts on that? Is, is, is that even possible to, to, to make a character like that? interesting enough that we want to follow them and have their own book consistently i think so i've always been a villain person like when i was a little kid i have heard it here first folks melissa is a criminal she is a villain person as she said (laughs) no but like as a little kid i always loved the cartoon super villains like i loved team rocket i loved they're so high up the list, I can't even think about who was even the close second, because the close second is miles behind Team Rocket, but you get what <laughs> I'm saying. And another but, thing, I'm a huge... Hmm? I was just going to say, is is that... Do you like those characters because of k- kind of the wacky, over-the-top hijinks that they... Mm-hmm. The, the, the obstacles that they present the heroes? Or do you find them actually interesting characters? Like, is there enough to, to make you be like, I would actually buy an ongoing book only about them being, you know, it's not it's not the, I mean, I, I guess to bring it back to Venom, right? Like, it's not this book where it's 50-50, Spider-Man, Venom, mm-hmm, like it is mm-hmm. only them. I would. Uh, I think a really good example of a villain who is a, <clears throat> again, I wouldn't, say, <clears throat> I wouldn't say hero, but protagonist. A villain who is a really compelling protagonist is Netflix Daredevil's Wilson Fisk. That was my favorite part of season one of Daredevil. In season two, which I also enjoyed, I'm like, yeah, but, but Wilson, I, I go back to him, please, more of him. And it was particularly his relationship with his girlfriend that was outstanding by far my favorite part of that entire series Mm -hmm. they had building that's something i'm a huge sucker for is villains that have romances that juxtaposition of you know i i can do such dark things such cruel things but when it comes to you i am a completely different person and you i will always treat correctly i oh that's a story i always love time after Mm -hmm. time and so I think if they had more stories like that, definitely for sure. Like, I don't I don't want to see Venom go out there and just try and do the vigilante thing. I want to see Venom... I want to see Eddie Brock go out there, try and find a new girlfriend, and try then and have do to the explain Tinder to thing. her... <laughs> yeah, and then try to explain to her, I've done some vigilanteism in the past. What do you think about that? And see how that relationship that deals with that. first date question? Yeah, that's what I want more than anything. <laughs> like I, I, I can see, see that. Like I can see that being a mini series, mm. being a graphic novel, just this one-off story, this limited time only thing. But I, I don't know if that sustains, like <clears throat> the number of comics that Spider-Man has had mm-hmm. o- o- over the years, or Superman, or Batman, you know, whoever, like. I, I, I don't know if it can sustain that. I, I, I think it's obvious that people like 
villains and connect with them if they are humanized in mm-hmm. in some way, if they are made sympathetic. I mean, sure, duh, that makes sense. If you make something mm-hmm. sympathetic, you yeah. will sympathize with we, we it, right? But I, it's, I, I, I don't know. I think it can be done. Yes. I don't know if we have enough good examples to really say like, here, look at this. Like this is a clear example of how it, mm-hmm. how it can be done, right? Because people always point to Magneto as mm-hmm. a sympathetic Helen. Uh, you mentioned Kingpin in the the mm-hmm. Daredevil Netflix series. I think those are great examples. I don't know if then that goes on to sustaining a, a full like seventy five years worth of stories. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is, a hero is very interesting on their own with just like stock problems. You know, a great enough hero can be compelling even if they're just fighting like thug number one, thug number two, thug number three. A villain is more about... I love seeing a villain deal with just other people. I love relationships a villain has and relationships around a villain. And I don't know if it's as interesting to have a villain fight hero number one, hero number two, hero number three, because you need that kind of circling relationship around them of what people think about them and how those feelings like change and are you growing closer to this person are you going farther away how do your thoughts about them change like stories of heroes learning to like their villains or not learning to like them but just like getting used to them where it's like i hate you but in that you are still important to me yeah and i don't want to see you succeed but if you suddenly, like, vanished, like, if I didn't kill you, if you just, like, slipped and fell and died that way one day, I'd be like, oh, my life's kind of missing something now. Yeah. Like, that sort of thing I love. I feel like it's it's more, we like the stories about humans becoming villains. Yes. Right? It's it's the, when when you see Fisk's relationship, uh, which now I, I forget her name. Do you remember her name? Vanessa. Vanessa, yes. Yes. Um, like when you see that relationship be- between Fisk and Vanessa, it it is normalizing, right? Mm-hmm. It is this oh they are actually just normal people, but then you see him kind of go down this dark hole, right? I think that's mm-hmm. why people like Breaking Bad so much. Ah uh, yes, because he's he's just he's a normal guy. He's a teacher. He loves his family. He just wants to help them and provide for them, and in doing so. He just digs himself deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into into this hole to the, the point where he he becomes unrecognizable and he's this mm-hmm. he's he's this fucked up villain, right? And I I I think even with that, like despite it going on for like six or seven seasons, that that is the story. Like that story could not have gone on for much longer than mm-hmm. it did, right? Because once he is the villain, it's like okay, okay, that's it. He's the bad guy now. Like we, we, you, you know, there's the, I, I. It's it's hard to ex- explain. I feel like I okay, I think people like to see either a rise or a fall. Yes, and to have one long running story about a villain 
kind of doesn't really give you either. Because if they're a villain and they, when they start out, having them fall to be more of a villain just seems, like, not fun, not it pleasant. Seems like, al- oh, it how seems much... almost pointless. Yeah, yeah, and to have them rise, that works for some people. For example, uh, Magneto can become quite heroic. But I don't know if there's a lot of other villain like, villains that could do that. Like, I don't know if anybody would read a story about, like, Scarecrow becoming more and more of a hero. <laughs> Well, the, re, people do like redemption stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I can see them doing that. But uh, I, I was going to say, it's, it's one of those things that's like once I, you know, I, I think it actually goes both ways, too, because this is kind of the problem of comics as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, where it's it, like seeing a hero continually be a hero and become even more of a hero kind of gets boring after a while mm-hmm. right so you do kind of have to mix it up and stuff like that but it's like it, it works both ways if you just see some like a villain becoming more and more villainous it's kind of like okay well we we get it we get yeah, the point yeah. he's 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 a bad guy <laughs> um but i and some people people would argue that comics are uninteresting because it is this like how do we move the story along without actually moving the story along right yeah and that was something about this book that i also kind of wanted to touch on that like it was kind of fun it was you know a neat adventure but like i didn't feel attached to anything afterwards and i yeah and i think it's also partially because I know that this is from 1993, and I know, like, these characters are still out there today, so I know what I'm looking at is impermanent. It is fleeting. It's just, like, this one-time whim of a thing, and it doesn't seem to have any weight to it. Yeah. (laughs) And as tremendous as of a storytelling medium as comics can be, and how there have been really important, like, really emotional comics arcs out there... I think in general, like, the story that was really cool 20 years ago is just like, well, and then they, they picked it up and they moved on and they did other things. Like, what this this is fun, but it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I guess might be one of the kind of bigger critiques of this book, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I don't felt like it really moved the needle for Venom. It didn't make me understand yeah. him differently. It didn't make me... Uh, it, it, it didn't make me like him more or like him mm-hmm. less. It, it just kind of maintained that status quo. Like, okay, I mean, he's a cool character. I, I like him. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and what we what we learn about, uh, again, not really Venom, but Eddie Brock, is when Spider-Man goes and he talks to Eddie Brock's father and his father refuses to see him, but the housekeeper mm-hmm. does talk to Spider-Man. He might be... No, I think he is Peter at this point. I don't remember what if he is the mask he, on or he, not. He first goes as Peter and gets the door slammed on his face and then comes back as Spider-Man. Okay. Okay, so Spider-Man learns all of this stuff about Eddie Brock's past that we imagine is going to change how he views Eddie Brock and how he views Venom going forward. But this is Venom's story. Like, we're not... We are learning something about Venom, but... We're not learning how Venom slash Eddie Brock feels about right. this. This is just a chunk of exposition that is being given to Spider-Man 
a character who shouldn't be in this story that much longer and to us. And so we're learning, but we don't know how... Like, we learn these facts about Eddie, but we don't know, like, the feelings about Eddie. Like, how does he feel looking back on his past? Like, you know, how does he want to grow from it? What are, you know, his father was not good to him. Does he want to, is he scared of being a father? Does he want to be a father and kind of redeem that within himself? Like, no, I'm going to be a father too. And I'm going to do it better than my father ever did. Mm -hmm. Like, what are his feelings? And we don't get to learn those. And I don't think this book also doesn't have any sort of like a coda at the end of Venom just sort of looking back on the events of this book and saying, okay, this is what I got out of this. This is how I am going to live going forward now that this has happened. Yeah. Besides the practicality of now I live here. I know these people. <laughs> it's full house. Now mm-hmm. now it's full house. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. I I I think that that sums it up pretty well, you know. Like it's just a, it's a, it's a fun romp. We get a little bit more exposition, but it doesn't really play into this story or what like what we think of venom yeah so like there's stuff i learned just having not been very familiar with venom to begin with again i mentioned before i think this is a good first like venom book like if you've never read anything venom like this this is a good one to pick up it gives you his backstory it's a first fun adventure you know it kind of gives you a, a basic outline of his ethics. Like, there's, like, every one of these sort of anti-hero villain who can also be a protagonist sort of characters is a little bit different from each other. Like, Catwoman has certain a certain amount of greed to her. Or not greed, but just, like, she's, you know, she's a burglar. Like, she steals things. She's right. got kind of a Robin Hood thing going. And I learned, oh, Venom appears to not have any of this because he looks at that guy who's out there to dig all the gold out from 1906 in San Francisco and says, he seeks wealth at the cost of innocent lives? Never! Like, okay, that's a good, clear moral statement about Venom that I was... Thank you, Sir Galahad. (laughs) Yeah, I was not aware of this to begin with because I'd never looked that closely at him and, like, I don't know if this is great storytelling, but it is just a a good filler information for me. Like, oh, okay, this is part of the Venom fact sheet that I am getting, and I am glad to have it. Yeah. What did you think of the art? Let's talk about the art real fast before we wrap it up. Ah! It didn't feel like anything very special to me. Like, it seemed exactly what it should be. More than competent, clearly illustrated, Nothing was overly cartoony or exaggerated or overly, like, stocky and stoic, but, yeah, it just sort of felt, you know, like, what it was, supp- like, nothing about it, yeah, nothing about it really, like, surprised me. Um, I will say, this is kind of about the art and kind of about the writing, you know, in tandem. I think they made good use of San Francisco, Beyond just like, let's put him at a city very far away from Spider-Man. Let's just go across a map of the U.S. and say opposite end of the country. Just some big flashy city with cool buildings we can draw. Like beyond that, they're like, let's look at the history and the culture of San Francisco. Like they use that 1906 earthquake, this real event as a big catalyst for how the story moves forward. And it, you know, San Francisco is a hub of like a 
culture and counterculture and you know people really going out there and thriving and being creative and being themselves and it's also a big business hub mm-hmm. and this story seemed to really reflect both parts of that and i think that was really good yeah like i appreciated that they they didn't just pick a place that seemed cool they're like okay what can we really use here yeah that's cool um mark bagley is the one that's doing pencils on here Mm. his art is fantastic he's he's a very well-known uh comic book artist um this is kind of right around the time where comics really started to just begin to be stylized uh Mm -hmm. dc and marvel still very much have a house style Uh right where it's like our books are gonna kind of all look like this uh so we want our uh, artists to kind of draw them like this too too. so Mm -hmm. they all look the same kind of right um and that used to be a lot more heavily like it needs to look like this your art will (laughs) look like uh and there was very few exceptions of of like what what could and could not be in 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 the art but in the like late 80s early 90s that's kind of when these superstar artists started to come up and uh like oh that was my phone sorry about that um uh then that's when these like superstar artists started to come up and start making a name for themselves and started to break the mold a little bit more yeah uh mark bagley who did the art on this i can kind of recognize his 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 art it's like oh like that that, that's that's his stuff you know Mm -hmm. uh jim lee i i can recognize his stuff uh todd mcfarlane i can Mm -hmm. recognize his stuff and they all kind of got their rise right around this time in fact image comics uh was i think started in like 1992 uh but it it was like right at this time this came out in 1993 um and yeah it it, it was the it was a bunch of artists and writers who all left marvel and dacy because they were fed up with a whole bunch of different stuff and they're like we're gonna make our own comics and we're gonna make them how we want and we're gonna actually own the characters Mm -hmm. um and that's yeah that's when you start to see these big superstar artists make a name for themselves and after they did that marvel and jc was like actually we'll 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 hire you again if you want to make books (laughs) look like that you know um so it's neat because yeah like i i think the art is still very stock it's not it's not yes. super stylized it's 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 fairly typical of what you would see comic book wise late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. um but it's still in the era was like oh that's mark bagley i can kind of recognize his his artwork there you know um, yeah, i knew you'd have all kinds of insight into this that i would have no clue about and i'm like i i guess it looks like what i imagine things in 1993 would look like <laughs> <laughs> um i well, i i got used to mark bagley's art because he drew one of my favorite spider-man comics which is ultimate spider-man he did that mm. for a long long time um and it's it's very like if you compare the two you're like okay yeah you know it, it's it's the, the same person 
Ultimate Spider-Man is a lot more stylized, though. But it's it's still mm-hmm. it's still you 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 can see where he's like he started out and then went to this thing. It's like oh okay, that's neat. Mm-hmm. I like that. So yeah, it, it was good. It was good to to see his earlier artwork. <laughs> I don't want to do this two weeks in a row, but while we're talking about the art. I was very distracted in like kind of the like the last chunk of the book when Venom is in the lab. You, do you know what I'm gonna start talking I, I'm about? Assuming more boobs. No. Oh no, oh, no. Because no. no, last week you were like, "Well, I have this thing I kind of want to talk about. I don't know if you you thought about the same thing. Let's talk no. about boobs." <laughs> no. Um. Uh, it was it was it was a dick this time. Uh. No, I I do not know what you were talking about this time though. So okay. en- enlighten so, like, me. <laughs> Eddie Brock is having like the vin- he's having the symbiote like ripped away from him and of course he doesn't really wear clothes under that I guess he could but he doesn't have to and so as like the symbiote's being torn away from him you know due to like all these scientific procedures he's under it is like this distracting like there's probably like not anything down there anymore but we're not going to let you see it you just- I was the only one who picked up on this. Okay, fine. Amazing. <laughs> I, I just thought it was just... Uh, it's not trying to be comical, but me, I found it comical that it's just like... He's just always like behind something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they have to... It's... It, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, like when he's behind something and you can't mm-hmm. see it, it looks like he's not wearing anything else. But then when he is k- 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 kind of out in the open, it's like, oh, he has tidy whities on. <laughs> he didn't have those on two seconds ago, I guess. Who knows? Um, that that was that that's kind of it. It's kind of an unfortunate side effect for people who have the symbiotes on because they they react to uh to your mm-hmm. your thoughts and your mental stuff uh like you're just what you need so it goes on you and you don't need to wear clothes because it can like transform yeah, itself it to clothes. look like that yeah um so they don't ever have to like change in and out of their costume or stuff like that it's all just one thing and yeah and if you take it off it's like well Let's hope they weren't going to commando. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess if he had like just enough left symbiote left on him and he was very self-conscious, like the symbiote would just naturally like form briefs. <laughs> Who knows? I, don't, I don't know. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Like we're all familiar with like Hulk pants. Like, oh, no matter how big he gets, no matter what he was wearing to begin with, like Bruce Banner always has like cut off shorts on. on. Yeah. <laughs> Or Hulk always has cut off shorts on. Bruce Banner could be wearing whatever he wants. So I, I, I guess the one, the one time I noticed he wasn't wearing pants is when he, he kind of comes out of captivity and Spider-Man mm-hmm. is in the hallway like fighting people. And yeah, it's very obvious that it like you see from the side, so you don't see anything. Yeah. But it's very obvious that he just like walked out in the middle of the hall, butt naked, and Spider Man's like, "Okay, we need to help you." Blah 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 blah. Like you know, like just didn't yeah, make any and, like, mention I'd of never... it. I never. Like, He's just like, "Come on, Spider Man, you're you're the, you're the jokester. Say something." And I think this is because of my background of being primarily like a movie watcher, and I haven't read many comics. 
But, like, this made me realize, oh, so many, like, superheroes and supervillains have just seen each other's yeah, junk and just politely choose not to speak of they, it. Well, they... <laughs> I wouldn't say they wouldn't speak of it, because they all hook up. <laughs> it, it, it is a... They, they've all had sex with everyone <laughs> multiple times. I want to read that book! I don't want to see them punch each other so anymore! Have, have you seen... I guess this is a side note. Have you seen the J Jessica Jones uh, TV show on Netflix? I have not seen that one. Highly recommend it. Go watch it. Uh, the comics. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis created the character, but mm -hmm. he uh, created, I guess, like an imprint at Marvel specifically for uh, that character and like the, those. Oh, I, I, I guess I don't know if it was specifically for that character, but it was put in their like adult books. Oh and yeah, and the book, like the very first couple pages, the first like couple issues is Jessica J Jones and Luke Cage having anal sex. Wow! <laughs> like, right there, just like oh okay, we're going there. <laughs> They're doing oh, it. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, th th there's there's all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> 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 gracious, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I so there's plenty of uh skimpy outfits and like side boob in comics sure. for, for titillation purposes and when it comes to like cases like this where it's like clearly there's like some dude's junk kind of out but not really I don't think it I don't know if this is titillating to anybody like I wouldn't call it titillating I just found it mildly comical even though it's not like you know the austin powers joke where he's walking around the hotel room naked and you know they're just there's just always props in front of him yeah. it's... <laughs> it's not that it's not overtly comical and it's not overtly sexual it's in this middle place where it's not really either but it's close enough to either part of those either sides of that spectrum that i mean i don't know i just looked at it and i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this how do i feel about the fact it's... that venom is barely wearing anything so you you mentioned the comical <laughs> side yes. of it yeah it, it kind of is from time to time yeah. but at the same time it's like come on guys just just show it show the outline yeah. show the imprint do something you cowards i like, wrote i because I wrote these notes in my notebook so close to Dangle, and we didn't get none. It, <laughs> it wasn't there. No Dangle. Um, no. no. But like, so did you hear this thing? The whole this whole thing about Batman's dick being shown. I, yes, I have not yet looked it up, but I'm I'm gonna do that. So <laughs> again, DC Comics now has this other imprint. It's a mm -hmm. recent one, and I think it's a little bit more adult out of continuity kind of stuff like that and yeah there's a scene where batman is t taking off his bat suit and you see his dick and of course the internet just erupts and i from what i saw no one was like how dare you this is a comic book this is for children blah 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 blah, blah you know which no, is absolutely, absolutely not. not true it's like this is their adult line and adults read comic books too guys you know mm -hmm. calm down but it's this thing of like they they show t 
tits and ass and all sorts of different yes. angles and awkward positions and why would why, how how is she bending like that and yes stuff but there's almost none of that for the guys and it's time for a dick it really is and i i i i it, it was weird to see DC's reaction to this whole Batman thing because in the digital edition, they took it out because of the backlash. Hmm. And it's like, I, I didn't actually see anyone, like, giving you guys a backlash. Like, we just thought it was funny that we actually got yeah. to see it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it's like, there needs to be equal opportunity is all I'm yes. saying. Yes, And, like, a, I'm... I'm no artist, Kyle, but I imagine a dick is much harder to draw than boobs or a butt. There's well, a lot more shape and texture to it. Like, if somebody took the time to draw a dick, like, <laughs> don't hide that artist's hard work. No pun, pun intended. intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things I don't think a lot of pe people think about until it happens, right? Like, until we got to see Batman's dick, sure, there are some people out there who's like, how come we haven't seen, like, men that are, are sexualized and ob objectified in these comics? I think e e even in this, didn't we get, like, a good butt shot of both the female symbiote and Mary J Jane? Like, we, we, we yeah. got both of those, but, like, almost nothing that was sexualized. Like, we we got some good muscles and abs and stuff from v mm -hmm. Venom, but I, I wouldn't call that sexualized. No, no. Just sort of generally, like, beefcake-y buff. Yeah. Uh, which, I, I, I guess the Mary J. Jane one wasn't really sexualized. It was farther away, but it's still, like, she's in this, like, super... 80s early 90s yeah. workout like yeah le leotard bodysuit and i thing. looked at it and i'm like yeah i can see how that is legitimate workout gear like that this doesn't seem crazy to me sure like that's this is fine she's wearing what is a, a believable outfit and she's not in a crazy pose yeah and she is just like standing there talking to peter on the phone yeah. she's not like but in the middle of some pose while she's on the phone. We, she's just we, standing we there. got one. I think it was in this book. I could be wrong. I think it was of the female Venom symbiote. And it's just like full on booty shot. <laughs> and it's like she has like one leg up. She's sticking it out. And it's like it's none like the, the panel is it, it isn't even about her. It's like Spider-Man in the background got got knocked down. And it's mm -hmm. just like you see it from behind her, and it's just like butt, and Spider-Man real small in the background. <laughs> it's just like really, come on, guys. I have read more romance novels than I have read comics, and I think that's why I come to these with this perspective of. So there's a dick around, and we're not going to mention it, huh? <laughs> they, comics artist. Back then, especially now, not as much, but it still happens from time to time. Uh, like they they used to just go out of their way. Like let's have a shower scene where Storm is naked. Yes, and yes, like, I am familiar with this. Let's have a, a scene where Mary Jane is naked in the bed, and there's like this really thin silk sheet. Yes. you know, and it's just yes. like it's like they. 
And then when you almost see Venom's dick, it's just like they didn't draw it. Yeah. It's like, it should be right there. I should at yeah. least see some body hair or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless he waxes, but, it, you know, like, who knows? Maybe the symbiote can act as body wax. Like, we don't know. Does Venom wax? <laughs> New story from Peter Parker, the Daily Beaver. <laughs> Asking the tough questions. The um, toughest. Yeah, I mean, it... it it happens, and especially like late '80s, early '90s, there was this big like, let's let's find all the ways we can make sexy pinup art for all these female characters, mm-hmm. um, for all these women who are there, even though it, this story has nothing to do with them or them being <laughs> naked. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't mind the nudity and stuff like that, but it's just like, what it I I feel like it should be purposeful. Or at least feel yes. natural. <laughs> or at least be, like, fun and flirty. Like, if they know, oh, here, like, if Jean Grey's like, oh, here comes Scott. Let me, like, you know, oh, part of my sweater is falling off my shoulder. Hi, Scott. As long like, as it's equal opportunity. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, as far as I can tell, there was a decent amount of, like, beef cakiness out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Comics. 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 Um, anything else to say about the art or ah, whatever else? If you had to pick something to recommend to people, if they liked this, what should what else should they go check out? Full House. <laughs> <laughs> you Full like House. San Francisco in the nineties. <laughs> I recommend The Room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think if you want a really great villain story, I think the best one out there is the Wilson Fisk storyline in season one of Daredevil. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I was just going to go, like, dude, go for some classic, like, 80s action films like go watch some schwarzenegger films go watch rocky go watch rambo uh watch true lies yeah uh just stuff like that because i i feel like that's really the vibe of this comic it's kind of like cheesy 80s action film Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a good fun romp as you put it Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i think that's all I have to say on yeah. Venom. What uh you I think we're doing things a little differently this week, am I correct? Yes. I am going on vacation next week. So we will not be recording at our regular time. We're pushing it back a day or two. And I decided that I made this executive decision that since we have this unique opportunity where I will be in a car for like ten hours and we will both have a couple extra days to accomplish this. There's one particular audio drama I'd really like to cover. Uh, and this is a good time for it because, number one, it is spooky. It still fits in with spooky. my, you know, my spree of Halloween-themed picks. Perfect. And number two, it's just a little bit longer than your average, like, audio drama we would cover on the show. I don't think it's longer than, like, any TV shows we've watched, but just a little long for the audio dramas. Sure. So, like, this is the perfect time for it. I'm just saying it's this one. Also, it's my birthday next week, and I feel like 
you know, I should just get to pick a thing. Okay. There, <laughs> there you like, go. Executive like, decision. Shut up, Kyle. I'm taking the wheel. <laughs> Kyle, we are going to be listening to the podcast King Falls AM. I haven't listened to this, but I've been following them on Twitter forever. So I am it's excited. one of King my Falls favorites. AM. Yeah, and we are going to listen to the first 25 episodes. That is the first year of the show. Okay. And they, their seasons slash arcs are kind of divided by year by Years. year. Kind of like Night Vale. Okay. Pretty mm-hmm. co- pretty cool. Uh, yeah. General Pitch, what is it about? This is a, a podcast in the format of late night radio broadcasts. King Falls is a tiny town in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, and this new DJ named Sammy Stevens comes to town, and he is working the late night, like, AM radio shift there. Mm-hmm. And it's him and his co-host, Ben, just talking to each other, getting to know each other, getting to know all the weird people in the town that are awake at those hours and call in to them, and getting to know just the weird stuff around town. And some of it's kind of wacky you know like oh there's a lake monster but some of it's like people may really be getting abducted by aliens like part of it is the sort of spooky you know threatening there's a legit mystery like a legit monster uh-huh. that we have to solve we have to fix this and some of it's just like huh, wacky like it's i think it's got a good it's, tone balance it's between a good those mix two things between yeah the two. good okay mm-hmm. cool that sounds like a lot of fun yeah i'm excited Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is a little bit different from how we normally do things. Normally, mm-hmm. you and I will take t- turns pitching three options, uh, but we're just going to go ahead and do this one for this next week. You mentioned it's your birthday coming up next yes. week. Uh, what what day is it on? It's next Saturday. Next My birthday Saturday. is October 13th. That is the same birthday as Fox Mulder. Do- not there David Duchovny, but specifically fictional character Fox Mulder. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, speaking of birthdays, I, I guess this episode will be out the day after your birthday then, by the t- time this goes public. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone that is listening to this, make sh- if you haven't already, go give Melissa a happy belated birthday uh, on Twitter. Speaking of birthdays, today, the mm-hmm. day that we are recording this, is Jess Beaver's birthday. <gasps> oh, uh, happy birthday, another Jess! Another member of the Whatnots, uh, who I've been tr- trying to get back on to the, the c- c- Captain's Log for a little yeah. while. Uh, speaking of that, I have something to ask you off off mic here in a sec. Uh, but yes, by the time this goes public, it will be a week after her birthday. But you guys should go give her some love as yes. well. Um, I believe that is it. Where can the people find you on the World Wide Web? You can find me on Twitter uh, at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And uh, I am going on vacation next week, not for my birthday. I'm not that spoiled, just like at the same time as my birthday uh i'm going to chicago so you can also follow me on instagram under that same name if you want to see just cool chicago pictures sounds good (laughs) Uh, and you can find me online at hush 315 on twitter and you can get updates for the show on twitter at the whatnots uh go check out our website thewhatnots.com i think 
I don't know when, but sometime down the road here, I'm going to start doing throwback episodes. I finally took off the old Whatnots RSS feed off of Mm -hmm. iTunes. It is gone. You can no longer get the Whatnots podcast on iTunes. All of the old episodes that Paul and I did are no longer there. Mm. However... I want all those episodes to live on our website, and they are not all on there yet. So I think maybe once a week or twice a week. Who knows? I still haven't decided yet, and I don't know when I'll actually start this. But eventually Mm -hmm. I want to do, like, a throwback thing. Like, here's the very first episode that we did and just start, like, reposting them, but only on our website. Um, Be good archival stuff. Mm -hmm extra stuff on our website so that people can go to and have fun with um that being said i think that's all the updates we got yeah we are doing king falls am the first 25 episodes is what you said yes the um the that 25th episode is called i think happy sam anniversary. so that'll be okay. the last one you'll be listening to Good to know the first 25 episodes of king falls am you can download mm-hmm. that and listen to it for free anywhere you get podcasts you can search yes. it on itunes or google podcasts i think they have a, that, that i think that's their new one i don't know i don't know uh, i'm uh, sure I, it's on I'm spotify a podcast addict user uh yes and mm-hmm. i know they're on twitter as well i'm sure you can just search king falls at am to find out exactly what their twitter yeah. thing is uh go check it out listen along with us we will be recording maybe monday or tuesday night of yeah. this next week um so we'll just yeah keep an eye out that's that uh this has been episode 28 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Adios. Bye.